You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is the last episode of our free agency uh, Get to Know Your Free Agents podcast. I've been through all of them. The only one I did not get to was Andrew Billings. Um, That was just because we had some issues communicating with some people to get to talk to him about. I was trying to get some Raiders people, and it just wasn't really working out at the time, at the moment. So um, everybody else we've talked about, if you've missed any of them, go back and listen. It just is a little bit uh, quicker interviews of getting to know the guys on the field, off the field, what they're good at, what they're bad at, what we can expect them to do for the Bears. The last one we have to get to is TJ Edwards. I personally super excited about TJ Edwards. Um, and I was really excited to talk to Shane Half about TJ Edwards. That's who's going to join me today. He is the content creator for Bleeding Green Nation uh, for Philadelphia. So obviously, the story with TJ Edwards, we've talked about it, super similar to Jack Sanborn. Really cool. Story for TJ Edwards is just uh, one of those cool ones. The path that he's taken from high school to college to Philly to now Chicago is just really, really cool. Um, homegrown, loves the Bears. And so obviously Ryan Pohl spoke on that recently about bringing these guys back because he feels it does add a little extra something to play for the team that you grew up cheering for and loving. Um, so... Either way, um, it's going to be really exciting. So let's go ahead and d- jump into this just so we can get to know TJ a little bit more. If you, kn- you know Philly's defense is good. They were very, very good this last season. And so how much of that was TJ? How much of it was surroundings? Uh, what was his, po- uh, you know, his major strengths when he was over there with Philly? And what can he bring to Chicago? Let's go ahead and talk to Shane and um, break that all down. All right, now I am joined by Shane Half. He's the content creator for Bleeding Green Nation, uh, a Philly Philly thing. And so obviously uh, the kind of vibe that most people have from the outside of Philly is, is you guys are a little mean. So it, I hope you're not a little mean on here, Shane. But um, the experiences that I've personally had with Philly fans has been great. Um, there has been a lot of back and forth between people from Chicago going to Philly and people from Philly coming to Chicago. So there's a lot of familiar when it comes to that. And now, so obviously we're here today because the Bears signed linebacker TJ Edwards. Um, he, obviously I know of TJ Edwards for many reasons, obviously Wisconsin's, uh, Wisconsin's a thing. He's from Illinois originally. So you kind of heard his name a lot, but he was an undrafted free agent, uh, when he came to Philly, which is really ins- which is really interesting because the story, and I'm not even sure if you're aware of this, but the story that is compared with him and Jack Sanborn, who was the undrafted free agent linebacker for the Bears last season. So they both grew up pretty close to each other in Illinois. They were coached by 
Luke Mertens, different schools, but Luke Mertens coached TJ Edwards and then went to a different school and coached Jack Sanborn. Then both of them went to Wisconsin. And then TJ Edwards was undrafted and goes to Philly. Jack Sanborn's undrafted and comes to Chicago. And now TJ Edwards is now also in Chicago. So it's kind of a weird trajectory that both of these guys have been on. And I just thought it was really cool. Um, But it's a cool story in general. When you talk to guys, when you see guys that are undrafted, free agents, and you see them progress and you see them become factors on a football team. It's really cool to watch. So when you look at TJ Edwards, he started 17 games for you guys last season, two sacks, seven pass breakups, nine tackles for loss. Um, and that the non for non sacks, it, that t- number tied him for eighth among linebackers last season. So whether you want to watch film or read PFF numbers, I know some people are not big on the PFF numbers, but there's no denying he's one of the better off the ball linebackers the last couple seasons. Would you agree with that? Um, I think so. TJ Edwards, he gets a lot of tackles. He's a volume tackler over the middle of the field. He had back to back years in Philly of over a hundred tackles and. Uh, really over by a lot. He had 130 in 2021. He had 159 tackles last year, which was seventh in the NFL. And so I always felt like Eagles fans overrated Edwards just a little bit because they love, you know, the UDFA story, Mm -hmm. getting so many tackles. And he is a tackle machine in the middle of your defense. He's really reliable in that regard. Uh, Really good coming downhill against the run game. Uh, where he struggled, I think, early in his career was his coverage. He just wasn't very athletic. Um, he, he wasn't the quickest mover. He really struggled to cover guys. And um, I thought there was a leap in that this last season. I thought he came in a little – he cut a little bit of weight. I thought he got a little more athletic. And there's some really good reps on film of him and coverage. Uh, even, you know, there were some instances of him being – ending up manned up on a receiver. The Eagles played a lot of cover four style defenses. And so sometimes you get some weird matchups and, and he made some plays over the middle of the field in that regard. I would still say coverage is one of his, the weaker parts of his game. Mm -hmm. He's more of a come downhill and hit you in the running game than he is a true cover guy. Uh, But he did offer a little more versatility this year than the Eagles had ever seen from him before. Yeah. Which obviously the bears last season, I think were rated the worst when it came again. I think we allowed the most rushing yards in the league. So a lot of that is on the defensive line, but also nobody behind them to help out either. So when you're looking at uh, as many guys as you guys had hitting free agency, which was a a good amount in Philly this offseason, you can't keep everyone. That's obvious. You know you can't pay everybody. So do you think a large part of letting TJ Edwards walk was because they were confident in the Kobe Dean being able to take that spot? Or do you think there was other reasons more related to Edwards himself? I think it was probably more related to Edwards himself because the Eagles also let Kazir White, their their will linebacker, walk. And I think in an ideal world, they would have wanted to keep at least one of those guys. Um, you don't ideally want to walk in with two new run or two new linebackers. And the Eagles really don't even have that second linebacker. So I think in an ideal world, the Eagles would have kept TJ Edwards to be their Mike, and they probably would have plugged Nicobe Dean in as the will. Uh, I think it came a little more down to TJ Edwards because the contract he signed wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the Eagles would have matched that or not, but I would have if I was the Eagles. I thought he signed a really reasonable deal, deal, but there seemed to be some reporting coming out that he just wanted to get back to Chicago. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier from that area, and mm-hmm. that was kind of his team that he was a fan of growing up. So I do think that probably played into it quite a bit as well. Yeah, a lot of the things that I saw when it came to after the 
his contract information was released, a lot of articles, and this is from even outside of Chicago, more national people, were talking about how great that contract was for Chicago, um, just because obviously they signed, they gave Tremaine Edmonds a big, massive contract, but they were able to get Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and now their second year Jack Sanborn linebacker. So they're paying all three barely over what just Roquan Smith is making alone. And that was like a big thing for Chicago last season, obviously losing Roquan. And I think that they are, they're pretty confident that they were able to still get some stud linebackers without having to pay one guy this tremendous amount for one season. But you mentioned, obviously, the his progress over the last season when it comes to the coverage part of things. Um, and a lot of things I was reading was just in general his development over the last four years, but especially the last probably season and a half. They were getting a lot of progress out of TJ Edwards when it came to especially him being such a young player and being undrafted and him kind of, get, you know, getting thrown into a defense that was pretty, pretty, pretty good and being compared to a lot of good guys around him. So do you believe Edwards has the tools to to can to continue to progress as one of the best, or do you think we are kind of seeing what Edwards is going to be? After the leap he took in 2022, uh, I, I I wouldn't want to bet against him continuing to progress. Now, I, I don't think he's ever going to become a you know a Fred Warner type of linebacker. Well, certainly not a Fred Warner type. He just doesn't have that range. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's I don't think his ceiling is probably like an elite NFL linebacker, but I think his ceiling is a, a, a well above average starter that you can just be reliable. Uh, he, he's not a flashy player, but he's a reliable player. And, um, you know, he's going to be transitioning schemes that the Bears, obviously they run an even front defense last year. The Eagles have run an odd front defense. There's some changing responsibilities. And in terms of how he'll play the run and some of the things that he'll be asked to do in Chicago, um, so getting him into that scheme, obviously having him there more than one year where he can get comfortable in a scheme, he, he is a very reactive player. And so you want him comfortable in that scheme uh, and to just turn him loose and let him do what he does, especially between the tackles. Yeah. And that's honestly one of the things that I also noticed when watching some of his film, his it seems like his his ability to process the quickness of diagnosing certain situations from that second level. And I I think I was super impressed in the bits of film that I was able to watch from TJ Edwards in that aspect. So when you're assessing a starting linebacker, obviously that ability is huge and being able to cover a certain amount of field and being able to find the ball. Is that something that you noticed him progressing in also within the last season? Yeah. Um, especially it was the second year in the same scheme for the Eagles. So they brought Jonathan Gannon in as their defensive coordinator. Um, They ran a, they ran a defense that has a lot of kind of complex matching rules built into it. And so I think that's part of the reason you saw the, the jump that there was from him going into year two is getting comfortable in that defense, starting to react rather than think. And uh, those are things that I, I think he does a good job with. He's really good at, at reading out what's happening in front of him and, and making those plays. He, he played, I did notice this year, he played slower to the ball. It felt like, especially on running plays coming downhill. But I think that's something the Eagles were asking him to do because that's not something that happened earlier in his career. So that's something to watch. It's worth noting. Um, But the Eagles were trying, they were trying to use their front in some different ways this year, especially with, um, you know, how they were rushing the passer and mm-hmm. it came at the expense of their run game. And so they were asking their linebackers, I felt like, to react a little slower to the run. And 
you could see that. But I do think that was something that schematically was being asked, not something that he just all of a sudden took a step back in. Yeah. One of the things that worries me a little bit, Shane, is the fact that Philly's defensive line and defense in general is way better than and way, I think, more developed than the Chicago Bears are. Right now, obviously, two of the three linebackers are new to the Bears. It's quite possible that that defensive line is going to be three, four guys under years three. Um, So possibility that they're super young. They struggled a ton last season. We're obviously hoping that they fill some of those Mm -hmm. in when it comes to the draft. But when you're looking at Phillies with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave and Sweat and Reddick, I mean, it was just guy after guy that could make plays. So how much do you think that also benefited what Edwards was able to do behind them? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. I don't know that it obviously benefited the defense as a whole. I don't know that it made Edwards' job a lot easier, which sounds kind of silly to say. I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. But um, when you talk about the defensive line in front of you, if you're talking about them being great as pass rushers, that's generally helping your corners and your safeties downfield and pass coverage. It doesn't really help your linebackers as much. The linebackers might get targeted more with a good pass rush because you're trying to get the ball out quick. So I don't think it necessarily helped them a lot in the passing game. And then if you want to talk running game, well, that was the weakness of the Eagles defense was Mm -hmm. they were allowing runs up the middle. So it wasn't like Edwards was being kept clean. He was having to come up and make plays in the run game. So uh, it it might not make sense at first glance, but I honestly think that it probably made Edwards get targeted more in coverage because the the pass rush was so good last year. And uh, you may notice him less in coverage. Some of the little bit of deficiencies I talked about in Chicago, just because quarterbacks won't be under that pressure to get the ball out so fast over the middle. Yeah, which honestly, that's a good point, because I feel like a lot of times as I was looking at it was more so, man, like he was behind all these guys where maybe he wasn't having to do as much. But if you like you just pointed out when it comes to the run game side, he was having to kind of back those guys up in a lot of circumstances. So a couple more for you before I let you go. Obviously, I personally am a big good person type of person. And I think that the locker room in Chicago is really trying to build 
everything back up after being just in a really rough spot for a couple years to the point where no one got along and people didn't want to be there anymore and people were getting fired and it was just not pretty. And so obviously Ryan Poles and Eberflus are really trying to build back up that that team camaraderie, camaraderie type of thing. So let's talk about him as a person a little bit. Um, and I know some people don't care about that, but I personally do. So when it comes to him, maybe just being that locker room guy, a team guy, good guy, leadership, does he have those type of things? Were you able to see that at all in Philly? Um, that's not something that I noticed a lot in Philly. Now, not to his detriment, but he was in a he was in a locker room with a whole lot of big name veteran players, mm-hmm. and so uh, when you're when you're in a locker room with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, who've been Eagles their whole career, and uh, Darius Slay, who has only been there a few years but is really well respected around the league, there's not maybe as many opportunities to be that that vocal leader. So that's not an aspect of his game that um, I know a lot about, but that's not to say that it's not there so much as he was probably overshadowed by some big name veterans in that role in Philadelphia. Yeah. In addition to big names, they also, a lot of those have big, uh, very big personalities too, including uh, one of the safeties there, Chauncey Gardner. Um, But so when you're looking at one of the obvious connections between Chicago and Philly right now you look at Ian Cunningham who now is a assistant GM for the Bears do you think that connection had something to do at all with his return to Chicago and what is Phil what was Phil Philly's feelings towards Ian Cunningham yeah that that could all that could play into it um you you see a lot of times especially with GMs and head coaches you get a lot of I know this guy from where I was before, so I'm going to bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mentioned Kazir White earlier. Jonathan Gannon leaves and goes to Arizona. Kazir White leaves and goes to Arizona too. Jonathan Gannon brings him with him, and so um, could be the same sort of thing here. Uh, you know the guy from where you were before, and so you want to go get him and bring him in. But I really, I still do think that the majority of it comes down to Edwards just picking the place he wanted to go. You know, he. he UDFA, he becomes a starter, kind of living out his NFL dream. And the only thing that can make it better is to go play for his favorite team growing up. And so uh, I do think that was the biggest factor for Edwards. Yeah, and it's funny because the Bears actually just posted uh, something recently, and it had obviously T.J. Edwards and Jack Sanborn, who I've mentioned, but Cole Komet is also from the area. Robert Tunyon, who they just signed, is from the area, and an offensive lineman. They drafted Doug Kramer last season, all from Illinois, all have pictures of them being like as kids and Bears stuff. So it's just a really cool moment, I'm sure, for them because they literally grew up Chicago Bears fans, and now they get to play for them, um, which adds a whole other layer of just being an NFL player. I want to talk a little bit with you before we go about Jalen and Philly, because obviously you guys kind of went through the same thing there with people after uh, the second year or first or second year saying that Jalen couldn't, he wasn't able to pass the ball and he was, he could only run. And there was all these criticisms of it. And obviously you give them a weapon like AJ Brown and the, the defense is really able to do their, hold their part. And things just seem like they are clicking for him perfectly. So what was the vibe around there when you guys were going through that? Was there ever a doubt that Jalen was the guy? Yeah, there were, there were a lot of doubts. Um, I don't think if the Eagles are honest with themselves, I don't think they drafted Jalen thinking he was the guy. They drafted Jalen thinking they needed to invest in a backup quarterback because their starter was uh, often injured. And 
Jalen Hurts is just – he made an unbelievable leap. Like, he took over late in 2020. You saw a couple games in a lost season. But in 2021, he was a guy who struggled with accuracy. He struggled to throw with anticipation at times and, and to read out defenses. And the Eagles started the year bad as they were a pass-heavy offense, and they transitioned to the heavy run-heaviest team in the league, and they, you know, made it to the playoffs in a weak division and got blown out in the playoffs. And so there was a lot of uncertainty in the offseason. Uh, I think most people viewed the trade with the Saints to get a first-round pick this year, which ended up being number 10 overall as a as a move of insurance so they could go get a quarterback if they needed one after this season. And then Jalen Hurts showed up in 2022 and played the best football of his career, and he just took a huge leap. And so, you know, there's little – there's no doubt now. I won't even say there's little doubt. There's no doubt that Jalen Hurts is their guy. I'm surprised that they don't already have the extension done with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we'll see that soon. but the leap that he's taken is well, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented. You don't see a lot of guys look like they did in 2021 and then turn around and look like they did in 2022. So all the props in the world to Jalen, I know he put in a ton of work in the off season uh, and you know, he's, he's the guy that you want as a face of your franchise. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that you never have to worry about and that the team loves and, you, and he's a fun guy to root for. What do you think that number will look like when they do come up with the contract because obviously we're seeing some pretty crazy ones I'm not quite sure we'll see another Patrick Mahomes 10-year one um, but I'm thinking more like Josh Allen-esque type contracts is that where you're thinking for him um, I think so Josh Allen came in at 43 million a year that was his average annual value I think that would be a steal um, okay. I, I think you're looking around the Kyler Murray deal in terms of Average annual, if you can get him 46, 47, 48 million, I think that's a good deal. It seems like every QB deal resets the market. And even the Patrick Mahomes deal, like it was so long and it was just this bombshell when it happened. And he's only like the fifth highest paid quarterback in terms of average annual value now because the quarterback, the contracts keep going up, the cap keeps going up. So I think the Eagles will try to get a, a long-term deal done, and I think they would like for it to be around that $46 million mark. I don't know that they're going to get it, though. Yeah, and I personally, when I'm looking at, obviously, we want another season out of Justin Fields and to see him with some weapons and hopefully behind a better line when he's not just getting killed. But ideally for me, after this next season, if we do see another leap and we're like, okay, this is for sure what we want in the future, I want them to go ahead and figure it out because I think just every year it's going to start getting crazier and crazier. And if you can lock some of these guys in right now, it's probably in the benefit. Um, But Shane, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. I know you guys, you guys stay loaded. Some of the guys, you know, Kelsey obviously was rumored to leave. He's coming back. You were able to keep some people, even though you had a ton hitting free agency. So good luck to you this season. It's really easy to root for Jalen Hurts. All right. Thank you. And good luck to you guys, too. I'll be rooting for Justin Fields hard. I was a huge Justin Fields guy in his draft. So I'm excited to see him with some weapons around him this next season. Well, we appreciate it. You have a good day. You too. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much to Shane Half. Again, he was from Bleeding Green Nation uh, for Philadelphia. They have 
they had a ton of free agents hitting the market, and they lost some really some really important names, but they are still pretty stacked when it comes to a lot of things. They obviously still have that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown connection, which A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the league right now, so it's really fun to watch that. Uh, I personally have had my moments where I just did not like Philly whatsoever, but for some reason, for me, it's really hard not to cheer for Jalen Hurts and that team at the moment. Um, so anyways, it, it's, it'll be fun. We definitely fixed that, uh, at least improved majorly the, the linebacker group, uh, for last year. So that's really good. We have a lot of things to still address defensive line and offensive line main mainly. And so we will see what Ryan Poles does in this draft. I think a lot of people at this point are just hoping they do go O-line at that number nine pick and then, you know, get some of in the second round. You've got two picks and go for some defensive linemen. Um, You need some corner depth. But outside of that, they fixed a lot of things and definitely improved a lot of the other position groups on the team. So I'm it's going it's going to be fun. I'm really, really excited. Um. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm not one of the ones that are jumping to they're going to win 10, 11, 12 games. But I do think that they have the chance to be even more competitive. And I, I was about to say actually competitive, but they were last year. I mean, they were in. There was Let's see, they had three wins. Justin didn't play two of them, so we're not going to count that. So they had three wins. They were one and seven and one point. So there's eight games that were within one score, and then they won three others. So 11 games of the season and two of them not having Justin Fields outside of that. So 13 games out of 17 were actually either competitive or just didn't have Justin. So they're not going to be competitive. But when Justin Fields was playing, it was a different world. And so now that is going to take another step. And I'm really excited to see that. Anyways, uh, Stay tuned. We're going to dive a little bit more into the draft coming up. We are getting there. We are almost in April. So, Keep listening. This is Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.